our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. my friends. Welcome one and all to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. It is... It is, uh, it is Monday. Unless you're Chris Rock, because I'm pretty sure he got slapped into next week. <laughs> now, thank you. That's really early. That's really early in the monologue for a rim shot. Thank you. Now, uh, for those of you who missed it, last night, uh, Chris was presenting the Oscar for Best Documentary. And he made an unflattering joke about Jada Pinkett Smith that her husband, Will Smith, apparently did not like. What makes me think that? <laughs> this. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the <laughs> out of me. Wow, indeed. That is the worst thing Will Smith has ever done. Wait, I forgot about Wild Wild West. <laughs> He's not. He's not. He's not here, is he? He's not ran right. I'm kidding, obviously. The worst thing he's ever done is Gemini Man. <laughs> Someone should slap both of the guys in that movie. This is going to go down in Oscar history as one of the most chaotic moments of all time. It's up there with the, the streaker behind David Niven in 1974. Brando sending up Sasheen Littlefeather in 1973, or, or 1959 when Tony Curtis sack-tapped Bob Hope. <laughs> let me, let me, let me say something here as an objective observer. It's never okay to punch a comedian. Now, <laughs> where do I find the courage? Where do I find the courage? I've got to say. Will Smith was offended by the joke and wanted to stand up for his wife. Fine. Challenge Chris to a duel. Or if you really want to hurt a comedian, don't laugh. <laughs> that hurts way more than a punch, I promise you. But it does... See, that's... That's... But this does prove one thing. Chris Rock can take a punch. I mean, we're the same age. He's 57 years old and a comedian. Look at this. Pap, Chris just shakes it off with one step. Will Smith trained for months to play Muhammad Ali. I have met Will Smith. Okay, I have spoken to the man right over there. He's got a hand like a flank steak. If Will wanted to hit somebody, he should have picked on somebody more appropriate, like Jason Momoa or, or Liza Minnelli. <laughs> at this point, at this point, she's clearly unkillable. She is... She's going to live forever. <laughs> Today, we learned, and I can't believe this, this shows what a big guy is. Chris is not pressing any charges, okay? But of course, this is Hollywood, and there are rules. You can't just storm a stage, physically assault someone on camera, and then go back to your seat. There have to be consequences, like winning the Oscar for Best Actor <laughs> and receiving a standing ovation, yeah. then partying all night. 
Who says Hollywood sends a bad message to our kids? You see that, Johnny? You see that? You solve your problems with violence, and everyone will love you and give you golden statues. Now off to the after party, mister. You've got a lot of your own music to dance to. No, you get jiggy with it, mister. <laughs> go get jiggy. Go, go. $100,000 cars, everybody got them. Water so clear to see straight to the bottom. You are going to Miami. But however you feel about celebrity on celebrity violence, and apparently you love it, because the Oscars ratings showed a 56% improvement. So get ready for next year's 95th Academy Award Oscar Slaptacular Deathmatch. Five nominees enter, one exits. Ridiculous. 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 Across the globe in Ukraine, Putin's criminal war continues to grind ahead, but for Russia, this has not been a cakewalk, or as they call it, a turnip jog. (laughs) Over the past few weeks, Russian forces have suffered heavy losses and have been thwarted in their primary objectives to control the country's main cities, including Kyiv. So the Russian military has now announced a change of strategy. Over the weekend, Russians said the first phase of the war is over. Yes, (laughs) over. Everything's going according to plan. That plan... Phase one, we lose. (laughs) Phase two, war is over, we win. That's... (laughs) I don't have the knees. The knees, I don't have the knees for it. I don't have the knees for it. Instead of toppling Kyiv, experts believe that Russia's new objective is to split the country between regions it controls and regions... It does not. You know you're starting to scare the school bully when he goes from, give me your lunch money, to, I'll tell you what, you keep your lunch money, I'll keep my lunch money, and I'll limit my wedgies to your butt's eastern regions. (laughs) This weekend, President Biden uh, traveled over to Europe uh, to shore up the NATO alliance, show support for Ukraine, and rally all the world's allies. The president gave a stirring speech in Warsaw, and then he ended it with a little, you know, ad-lib, a little... A free ball, a little make em up. <laughs> that was 100% pure scrappy Scranton. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia, for free people refused to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. Come on, Jack. I know I'm not supposed to say it. Come on. Come on, let's just do it. Let's just. I'm just. I'm not supposed to say it. Putin's got to hop the next choo-choo to bye-bye junction, okay? <laughs> I'm shooting straight from the hip replacement here. I'm not afraid <laughs> to say the stuff ever we're all thinking, okay? Chris Rock was out of line. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if he made a crack about Dr. Jill, I've jumped up on that stage and given his finger a good chomp down to knuckle number two. <laughs> then I'd win the Oscar for most teeth. Come on, Wanda. <laughs> now, officially, American policy is not to call for regime change. So this was a bit of a gaffe, but when you've already called someone a butcher and a war criminal, it would seem weird if you also thought they should keep their job. (laughs) There's a reason Winston Churchill never said this. We shall fight them on the beaches, we shall fight them on the landing grounds. But let's pump the brakes on replacing Hitler as chancellor. Everyone deserves a mulligan. (laughs) On Sunday... Sunday? On Sunday. On Sunday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken tried to walk back the president's remarks. As you know, and as you've heard us say repeatedly, we do not have a strategy of regime change in Russia or anywhere else for that matter. 
we do not have a strategy of regime change in Russia or anywhere else. That's an interesting point. Here with a rebuttal is Saddam Hussein's head in a box. <laughs> President Hussein. <laughs> President Hussein, is there anything you'd like to say? There are some exceptions. <laughs> Whether or not we're officially trying to replace Putin, America and its allies continue to sanction his nipples right down to the nub. And he's pushing back. Over the weekend, he gave a speech in which he took up the conservative talking point that opposing his war is cancel culture. <laughs> they will cancel Mother Russia just like they did Mr. Potato Head's beautiful penis. His penis is potato. <laughs> Putin also... Get that out of there. Disturbing to look at that box for too long. Putin also compared himself to Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling, who's come under fire for repeatedly tweeting anti-trans sentiments. Vlad said, Not long ago, they canceled children's author J.K. Rowling, whose books were spread all over the world in hundreds of millions of copies because she did not please fans of so-called gender freedoms. Today, they're trying to abolish an entire thousand-year-old country, our people. No surprise, Putin likes Rowling. He's indebted her ever since she gave him that sock to set him free. <laughs> that was a long walk. That was a long walk, right? That's good. worth it. That's good. Long. That's good. Long walk. Worth the wait. Worth the walk. Oh, uh, back closer to home, there's more dumb stuff coming out of the mouth of North Carolina Republican and frat bro telling the pledges where to shove that wriggling goldfish. <laughs> Madison Cawthorn. Cawthorn recently appeared on something called the Warrior Poets Society. Sounds like a ridiculous name, but I have a lot of respect for warrior poets. Do you have any idea how long it takes to write a sonnet with an AR-15? <laughs> go, 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 Shall. go, 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 go. I compare the on the society on the society Cawthorn explained why why you should never meet your heroes the sexual perversion that goes on in Washington I mean being kind of a young guy in Washington with the average age of probably 60 or 70 and I look at all these people, a lot of them that I, you know, I've looked up to through my life, I've always paid attention to politics, guys that, you know, it, then all of a sudden you get invited to, like, well, hey, we're going to have kind of a, a, a sexual get-together at one of our homes, you should come. And I'm like, what, what did you just ask me to come to? Yeah. And then you realize they're asking you to come to an orgy. Yeah. <laughs> Took them a moment to realize it was an orgy because sexual get-together is so subtle. <laughs> come naked and ready for... Sex with your penis. <laughs> now, Cawthorn does not name names here, but he's such a staunch MAGA Republican, I doubt he's getting invited to Democratic orgies. And the strangely folksy nature of sexual get-together means he must be talking about the famed Republican flesh pit, Chuck Grassley's Ass Jamboree. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the sexual get-together. There'll be some screwing and chewing, some poking and stroking, some yanking and spanking. We're gonna be of various jellies on various bellies, and there's a platter of fish sticks, obviously, so grab a name tag and some nipple clamps and get right in 
I'm Chuck Grassley, and I approve this massage. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. More Late Show Poncho after this. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Lewis, Lewis Cato, everybody. On the guitar there, Lewis, I got, I got two fantastic guests here tonight. Yeah. Uh, friend of the show and, and a new resident of CNN, of all places, Chris Wallace is here tonight. Yeah. And uh, more alphabet soup from NCIS, uh, uh, Wilmer Valderrama is going to be out here in just a little bit. Yeah. Get out there. Lewis, let's, uh, let's talk about the elephant not in the room. Where is Ooh. John? You know, Where he, is he? he's living his best life. 11 Grammy nominations. Oh, that's right. The Grammys yeah. are... The Grammys are... A week from... Is it Monday? Is it Monday or Sunday? Yeah, Something like Sunday. Sunday like that. And, Sunday. Then, and with that many nominations, you have to start, like, giving them out you ahead of time. Early, yeah. He's got to go out yeah. there on the, on the uh, installment plan. Did you, um, did you watch the uh, Oscars last night? I did not. I woke up to it this morning. Yeah. Woo. You know who woke up? <laughs> One Chris Rock. <laughs> when Will Smith slapped him. Do you think that was real? I think it was real. Yeah. <laughs> Will's not a good enough actor to pull that <laughs> off. Oh, 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 oh. Pop! <laughs> The January 6th Select Committee continues to do their work, and today they got some good news that spells trouble for former President Don Con Jovi. <laughs> because a federal judge ruled that the former president more likely than not committed a crime in trying to block the confirmation of Biden's win. I believe he cited the legal precedent of no <laughs> v. Sherlock. <laughs> the bombshell... The... Mm. The bombshell is part of the ongoing investigation into disgraced lawyer John Eastman, seen here at the staged reading of his one-man Doctor Who musical. <laughs> Eastman was the law professor who believed that former Vice President Mike Pence could just reject individual states' electoral college votes. First of all, no. Second of all, you want to give somebody unlimited power and you pick Mike Pence? He doesn't even have the power to be in a room with a woman who's not his wife. The committee has been trying to get Eastman's records and emails for months now. He's been claiming attorney-client privilege, but that doesn't apply to lawyers who help their clients commit a crime. And in this case, the judge found that the illegality of the plan was obvious. Yeah. Eastman. Yes. Hell yes. Say it. Eastman probably should not have labeled the folder, crime ideas keep out. <laughs> The judge added that every American, and certainly the President of the United States, knows that in a democracy, leaders are elected, not installed. Now, normally, this would be a great point. I agree. It's a lovely thing to say. And normally, that would be a good point. But the former president doesn't know too much about the American government. He thinks the Supreme Court is just a regular court with extra sour cream and guac. 
thanks to this ruling, Eastman has been ordered to turn over 100 emails. Hell yes, they're getting his emails. Now the committee's gonna know whether the former president tried to turn our country into a banana republic, and they'll know if Banana Republic offered Eastman 40% off selected men separate. It's a good deal. For the fall, for the spring, another person in the January 6th committee uh, crosshairs interested in talking to is a wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, conservative activist, and woman dreaming of an even more aggressive scarf, Jenny Thomas. <laughs> Thomas is an extreme election fraud truther, and last Thursday we found out that after the election, she sent a barrage of text messages imploring the former president's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, to take steps to overturn the vote. That is huge! The wife of a sitting Supreme Court justice conspired with the president's chief of staff to throw out the results of a free and fair election. And she never even invented a pillow. <laughs> now in one message, how hard could it be to invent a pillow? Put something in something else and lie on it. In one message, Thomas urged Meadows to save us from the left taking America down and to, quote, release the Kraken. A reference to the B-movie Clash of the Titans. We should have known The Sound of Treason would be a random movie quote. Who can forget the immortal words of John Wilkes Booth? Six Semper Tyrannus, this is Sparta, you can't handle the truth, my wife. <laughs> Not all of my wife, my wife, my wife. Not all of Thomas's texts were succinct because she also quoted language from random websites that said, Biden crime family and ballot fraud co-conspirators, fake stream media reporters, etc., are being arrested and detained for ballot fraud right now and overcoming days and will be living in barges off Gitmo to face military tribunals for sedition. And then added, I hope this is true. <laughs> what the? You can't put out that much information and then undercut it with a... Darwin did not end the origin of species with huge if true. Coming up, Chris Wallace. Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. First guest this evening is an Emmy and Peabody award-winning journalist who spent 18 years at Fox News, but has now come to his senses. Enjoy the new streaming service, CNN Plus. His new show, Who's Talking to Chris Wallace, premieres tomorrow night. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Chris Wallace. <laughs> Lovely to have you back. Thanks for being here. So, Stephen, uh, I got a question. Uh, I asked the questions no, no, on my no, show, but so, I'll tell you what, I also have an editor, so go ahead and ask. Some people yes. would say you're sort of a comedian, right? Uh, it depends on the crowd, yes. Right. So, has anyone ever come up out of the crowd and given you a smack right across the face? <laughs> no, because I have a good security team. <laughs> so, so they come out, but they get... 100%. <laughs> thrown in thrown the into the crowd, like a javelin. Right. 
actual true story. People used to ask me when I did the old character on the Colbert Report, right. who would go into like congressman's office and senator's office and talk to presidents and just say these terrible things to them. People would say, "How do you keep a straight face?" And I would say, "Well, obviously, I'm afraid they're going to punch me." <laughs> and that has a sobering effect on a comedian. Now, sir. It's always good to have you on. You know I like talking to you. I respect you as a journalist. You have you have you have heft, you have integrity, and I've ribbed you over the years a few times about why would you want to be at Fox News given the fact that you, you have do not warned share... me out on this subject. I see warn you out. That's again, you you seem to think that this is perhaps not a fair uh, alley of inquiry. No, I with just you. think you have flogged this horse over and over for year after year. Yeah, but you've only recently admitted I was right. So I think you should take yes for an answer, and we can move on to my new show. Who's, oh, we will definitely move on plus. to your new show. Okay. We'll definitely move on to your new show, and I accept your apology. Now, <laughs> okay, let's talk about your new show. Who's talking to Chris Wallace? I'll bite. Who? Well, I'll tell you this first. Week. We launch tomorrow, CNN Plus. That's exciting. Yes, very exciting. And our my first guest is going to be, I think, one of the great Americans. Admiral William McRaven. He was the head of the U.S. Special Operations Command, mm -hmm. the man who brought who brought down bin Laden, the man who captured Captain Phillips, or rescued Captain Phillips, the man who captured Saddam Hussein. Uh, and, you know, I can't think of any, anybody better to try to make sense of what's going on in Ukraine and to talk about how we face the challenges we face, because, as you well know, I'm sure he's been on this show, mm -hmm. uh, he's an expert on leadership. Uh, on Wednesday night, we've got Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. They have mm -hmm. spent a lot of time raising money, over $30 million for Ukraine. On Thursday, we're going to be talking to Robert Iger, mm -hmm. the former head of, of Disney. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, it's going to be a mix of guests. So, you know, and, and one of the reasons I wanted to make this move, I love streaming. You know, you've got to go to a commercial. I don't. I can just go have a conversation for 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Wow. And, and... That's listen. pretty hostile, very hostile thing for you to say just there. <laughs> that oh, I have to go to a commercial. you can dish it out, but you can't what? take it. Okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, a, I, I'm not going to slap you, because I'm a gentleman. <laughs> but, hey, I got a question. You're great at asking, like, the right question in the right moment. What would you ask Will Smith if you could sit down with him? What would the first... What would the first question be? All right. I hear... My thought is that you have spent with your team of writers all day coming up with a great question. I know, I haven't. You really haven't. Really haven't. No, but I'm you're really, you're really, going to top me, because whatever not, I say, not, you're going to top I me. I promise you I won't. What, what would your question be? Do you have, what would occur to you? Well, I, I've thought about this. Because, you know, you do. And if you, if you interview people for a living, you think to yourself, what would I ask? Right. Why? Uh, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> And I think, I, I think the question I arrived at was, when you woke up at 3 o'clock this morning, and I know you did, what did you think? Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm not sure if he had gone to bed yet at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Well, as I found out, he was, he was, he was getting jiggy with all it, night. Right? Yeah. If I had, and I'm just thinking of it now, I haven't you say, thought oh, about this. Oh, you see, this no, is I have <laughs> I would have said, like, is that the hardest you can punch? Because... It, 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 he was, he's a small guy. You've got at least five inches on Chris Rock and probably 80 pounds. This is the third time I've heard you. You were really impressed with the fact that Chris Rock 
took the punch. Have you ever been punched in the face, Chris Wallace? Have you seen this face? Of course not. <laughs> it's not pleasant. Have you been punched in the face? I have been punched in the face. You ever heard the expression, you talk like a guy who's never been punched in the face? Yeah. Yeah. You, you do. You, you... <laughs> so what does it feel like? You, you, but if it's I get terrible. It, if it's a it's real... completely disoriented. I, I hear if it's a real good punch, like, yeah. you don't even feel it. You're Mike just... Tyson, you, okay. I guess I didn't get a really good punch because I really <laughs> felt it. Mike Tyson's famous, most famous quote about everybody has a plan right. until they get punched in the face. Right. This is the most brilliant thing anyone's ever said. It's totally true. <laughs> Completely disoriented. The fact that Chris even remembered English words was surprising he, to me. He handled it pretty well. We have to take a quick break, uh, but when we come back, I will ask Chris what it's like to sit down for an interview with Vladimir Putin. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game. Headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Wallace, there's been a lot of talk about a loss of trust by the American public in the media. Mm -hmm. If you had a magic wand, you could wave it. What would you change, uh, either presently or historically, about the media to try to restore that trust? That's a good question. It's what I do, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's what I'd say. And in a funny way, I blame my father for this, Mike Wallace in 60 Minutes. Wow. Because, well, you knew my father was Mike Wallace. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're acting no. like you didn't you know. know. I just love the guy comes in and throws his dad under the bus on the question, but go <laughs> no, ahead. No, no, okay. No, I think that the biggest problem with news, it used to be in the old days, and I can remember growing up with my father in the 70s, that news didn't make money. It was a public service. Right. And the networks... Viewed it as a public service. And then 60 Minutes came along and showed you could make phenomenal amounts of money in but, the, with the news business. But still be news. Like, 60 and, Minutes yes, was good. Yes, and still good. be news. But I think when you look at what goes on everywhere, probably particularly cable, and on the left as well as the right, people are chasing audiences. So I think that if there was not... If, if people would just accept it, we're not trying to make money off this, we're just trying to perform a public service, I think we'd have better news. I think you're right. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Well, we're, we're going to play it straight. On, we're going to play it straight on, as I always do, on who's talking. For instance, I did an interview with Nicole Hannah-Jones, the author of the 1619 sure. Project, and uh, we have a pretty interesting conversation. She said she enjoyed it, and, but it was... I challenged her. I challenged her on some of the things she contends, not about the problem of racism, but some of the things she says to, in the 1619 Project. So, you know, there'll be times when I come at things from the left, times I come at it from the right. The whole point is to get people talking. I mean, that's what you do. You want to get people talking, and hopefully, hopefully, there'll be a minute when people will forget about the audience. We won't have an audience. We can't afford it. Uh, <laughs> we won't, we, you know, but they forget about the cameras and the lights, and you have a real moment of interaction. 
and people at home will sit there and go, man, I don't see that on TV. Well, I want to talk about somebody you, you, you have spoken straight to, asked tough questions, challenged in your own way, and that is uh, this interview you had with Vladimir Putin in 2018. And first of all, what's it like to be in the room with him? You know, it's funny. When he, when he comes in the room at first, his, his, he kind of does this. He kind of slouches back like this, like, mm -hmm. you know, the bored kid in the back of the room, and he's mm -hmm. not really paying much attention to you, doesn't give you much eye contact. But at one point, seriously, in the Russian embassy in Helsinki, right after the summit with Trump, I said to him, why is it, President Putin, that so many people who oppose you end up dead? And at that, from that moment, question. from that moment on, yeah, I should ask that about to Will Smith too. Uh, <laughs> from that moment on, uh, I had his undivided attention, those ice blue eyes piercing into you, and I would say that that his sense of grievance that he feels the West has pushed Russia around, I got that from the interview. His toughness when I asked him that question about why so many people end up dead, he said, "Well, we all have our domestic problems." Literally, that was his answer. Wow. But I thought he was a rational actor, and that's not what I've seen this last month. This how, how has the invasion of Ukraine changed your, your view of Well, him? I just, I don't know how it ends. I, I, I don't know what he thinks this ends. I mean, he, if he wins, he loses, and if he loses, he loses. And he's a pariah. How does he go back to meeting with world leaders? How does uh, Russia, as long as he's in power, go back to having an economy? So what's his end game? Would that be your question if you had the same Will Smith situation? Well, if you had one question to ask Vladimir yeah, Putin. Yeah, I think it would be. What, how does this end? I'm going to guess poorly. For me or for uh, Russia? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on whether you ask him in person. Yeah, well. Um, well, Chris, lovely to see you. I hope it's the first of many trips over from CNN+. Plus. Well, I would love that. That's a booking. Oh, no, no, wait. Can I say one quick thing? Of course you can. Because there is one person I would love to have on the show. That's all we have time for. No. Um. And, and, no, no. And, 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 Guy, this is absolutely Scout's honor. So we've been asking his agent. We've been asking his executive producer. And what we keep being told is his production schedule doesn't permit it. Do you know who that is? John Baptiste. <laughs> John Baptiste, he doesn't... He's not, he's not this guy, I'll get, I'll get well, John for you. What? So you said this is a booking. Yeah. Will you sit down huh? and talk to Chris Wallace? Will I talk to Chris Wallace? On What's my the show? first question Chris Wallace wants to ask me? What's the one question? When you woke up at 3 o'clock this morning. <laughs> it's a deal. All right. It's a deal. All right. Up next, Wilmer Valderrama. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, my next guest tonight is an actor you know from That 70s Show, NCIS, and Encanto. Please welcome to The Late Show, Wilmer Valderrama. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I am so proud to be here in New York City. God, it's so good to be back here, man. I've been back, and, you know, since the and whole I know, thing. I know it wasn't easy for you to be here. You were at the Oscars last night. Yeah. Because yeah. Encanto uh, was, uh, was nominated. Um, anything interesting happen <laughs> last night, Wilmer? You know, th I guess this is interesting. Um, so I, I watched the, you know, I, I wanted to, I, I was taking the red eye last night to come over here, you know, so. So uh, I wait and watch the, you know, we don't talk about Bruno performance, which is awesome, right? Fantastic, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> by the way, not true. Everyone talked about Bruno in that song. Yes. <laughs> it's like really yeah, awkward yeah. for everyone Fact involved. Check. Yeah, and, and so I, I was like, okay, it's so the performance, gotta get to the airport. Get in my car, and as soon as the car goes, did you see, did you watch, were you there, were you there, how was it? I was like, what happened, what happened? And uh, uh, ultimately, I missed the entire thing. Um, <laughs> And uh, wow. yeah, just because uh, I was coming to see you, so. Well, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Now at least you can say I was in no way involved That's in that situation. Right. That's right. I'm out clean. That's right. I'm That's out clean. Right. Now the, your, your film Encanto, it 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 won uh, the Oscar. Congratulations. Thank you very much. That is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. You have a young daughter, right? Yeah. How old is she? She is about uh, 14 months. 14 months, okay. Is she old enough to play the Encanto soundtrack for uh, her? It, she didn't have to be old enough. I mean, we played it for her regardless, right? So every, every single morning um, since, uh, since the movie release, we play the, the soundtrack for her. Oh, wow. And uh, now she can stand up, you know, and she holds herself up, she claps her hands. And um, it's very funny because it's getting out to the point where you know, she's starting to kind of identify dancing, so she's bouncing a little bit. And like last week, she started making some really suspect moves. <laughs> like, what do you mean by suspect she, moves? You know, she'd do one of these, <laughs> and then she'd do one of these. <laughs> and I was like, that is. Maybe, maybe that hold is it right too, there. Yeah, I mean, maybe I hold like, it right there. Yeah, I think no more, no more Encanto soundtrack, you know? <laughs> like, I think uh, it looked too oddly, too close to a twerk. Now, you're, uh, you're, you're starring in an upcoming uh, series, uh, Zorro. Yes. Okay, for, for Disney. Yeah. The original aired before you were born. Mm -hmm. How, I have a photo here, before, before I get to this photo here, how familiar were you with Zorro growing up? I mean, very familiar. I mean, it's like the dream of my lifetime, you know, to, to, to be Zorro, you know? Since I was seven years old, I wanted to be Zorro, you know? So, so this is, this is, is this, here we are. This is, is this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is this so, you right here? Yeah, is so this... that's that's not me right there. Um, the reason why that's not me, look, I was so wrong every... <laughs> Hold on, go back. Yes. So here's, this uh, is you? here's the backstory on this uh, really telling picture. Um, so when I, uh, you know, when I was, I lived in Venezuela, and we don't have Halloween, we have a carnival, right? But in carnival, you go to school and you dress up. I used to dress up like Zorro every single year, you know? And then my friend called me the night before saying, hey, I'm going to be Zorro tomorrow. And I didn't like it. Um, so I wanted to send him a message, you know? And I wore that costume and followed him Just everywhere in the school. Watch out. It never... Who's this? That's my little sister, oh, uh, Marilyn. That's Marilyn. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, now, uh, we're both part of the CBS family here. Yeah. Uh, you joined uh, NCIS in season 14. Mm -hmm. Now it's on season, season 19. Yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of naval crime. <laughs> 
I don't know why there's so much naval crime. Yeah, yeah You know, how yeah. much crime is there on and around boats? But yeah, yeah. now, after having done that for five seasons now, we're in, in the fifth season, do you think you could solve a crime? Like, you have know, you picked it up through osmosis? Such a loaded question, you know, because us actors do something long enough and we think we can do it, you know? Yeah, everybody on Grey's Anatomy thinks <laughs> they could do surgery. They all think they're doctors God now. forbid they're in a real situation at a restaurant or something. I'm, a, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. But, no, but honestly, I mean, the thing about NCIS, though, is that I feel like I'd be pretty good at, at solving crimes. Okay. But unfortunately, I think the crime has to be ridiculously weird and twisted, because that's the only cases we have on the show. So there it are has, no simple crimes. Yeah, it has to be like a, like a weird clown who steals sweaty clothes, and then, you know, it's like something really gruesome. And I, I bet I I bet I'd be really good at that. Well, there's the new NCIS is NCIS Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. And there's a crossover uh, episode, and I think it was tonight, right? Mm -hmm. Sorry, I, I couldn't watch it because I'm here interviewing you. Yes. But. We have a clip here. Could you want to tell me what's happening here in Hawaii with yes, you? Yes. So we're, um, you know, we're well, we're walking through this uh, sacred grounds, and um, you know, we roll up on uh, someone and we do cop stuff, and then you do cop stuff. Yeah. Don't get and too then, technical. Yeah. No. And don't then do we. Too technical. Yeah. No. I get me. it. I just I don't want to give anything away, but it's a fake bad guy. Take it right. Special Agent Torres. We made it last. I'm sorry. I have no idea who you are. Really? But I do need you to lower that weapon. Please and thank you. Cop stuff. Cop stuff. We're very, uh, very polite. You know? Wilmer, thank you so much for thank being you here. For having me. Lovely to meet you. Appreciate you. NCIS airs Mondays at 9 p.m. on CBS. Wilmer Valderrama, everybody. This has been The Late Show Pacho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pacho, leave us a five star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>